podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Uh, Titus chapter 3, Titus chapter 3 verse 1 through 7. Some time back now we uh, went through Titus in our Bible study Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. At the minute we're doing the entirety of the Bible. And I've titled this morning's message, are you ready for this? And I'll see if it just, just stirs something up inside of you for a song. Are you ready? The title of the message is, Everything Changes. Thank you, Corrie. Everything changes but you. No? For the neighbours find out you. Is it take that? Who is it? Was it take that? I thank you. It's not Kylie. She wishes she could write that kind of music. Nearly as good, just not quite. I haven't got that Manchester twang. So uh, everything changes. And the, the, this passage here, as Paul writes to Titus, encouraging him in a, in a difficult place to continue to share the good news and help the church to grow and to function and to be as God's called them to be. The, the, the subheading that the scribes have then given as the years have gone by, saved in order to do good. You've got to remember the chapters and the verses weren't there. It was one continuous letter that Paul wrote. Sure, he had paragraphs and commas and full stops and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but as it's been broken down, we get a subheading. And this subheading really gives us an idea as to what Paul is trying to say to Titus to encourage him to share with the church, those that are saved, okay? Saved in order to do good. And as we look around the world at the moment, we don't have to go too far from home, do we, to see that there is a lot going on. Everybody notice that? The news is full at the moment of craziness. It doesn't see, there doesn't seem to be much good news in amongst all of it. It just seems like a barrage of stuff that's going off. And we're in a very strange season right now as a globe, in essence. Our very own nation, as we know, there's a lot of discontent and a lot of anger boiling up. And we need to see what the Word's got to say, what God's got to say to us as Christians to make sure that we deal with the situations that are in front of us according to what God would have us do, not what we believe is right or wrong, but what the Word calls us to do. So... I hope that you'll just relax a little bit. I know it's warm, but what I don't want you to do this morning is, is leave this place thinking, that almost sounded like, you know, like with your child, when you chastise them and say, please don't touch the fire because you will get burned. I don't want it to feel like that. But what I want the word to do is encourage us and spark something inside of us to remind ourselves on a daily basis, sometimes we need that on an hourly basis, who we are and who we are because of what God has done. Amen? Who we are because what God has done for us. And that really is where Paul is going to, to drive Titus to remind the church 
that this is what it's all about. It's easy, isn't it, to get drawn into the slander and the malice that's going off right now. Facebook's a good one because you can hide behind the screen. And nobody knows. I mean, you can have one of those, uh, one of those fake accounts. You can say what you like. But we have to remember that God sees everything. God knows our innermost being. He knits us together in our mother's womb. So the only person we're fooling is ourselves and maybe those around about us. But also the challenge is for us to make sure that we are saying things that are right, that are profitable, that are good. Regardless, I guess, of our political stance or opinion on matters, first and foremost, church, we are Christians. We are God's children. If we've accepted Christ as our saviour, we have come into an inheritance that we could never ever possibly dreamt of getting into. God has said, you are heirs to the promise as we accept Christ as our saviour, as we say sorry for our sin, as the Holy Spirit comes into our life, we're changed from the inside out. But what we have an ability to do is also suppress everything that we should be doing and do the things that we shouldn't be doing. Even Paul himself himself said, I I strive to be the good, but the, the bad inside of me just seems to show up. And we don't want that, as Paul didn't want that. And the word here is driving us saved in order to do good. We are heirs, church, to the promise. And that means that we have been freed from the bondage of sin. We have been freed from the slavery that we were to sin. And now we have been saved, we have been set free on this road to glory. We are children of God. And we are fueled and filled with the Holy Spirit, God willing, in order for us to live as God has called us to live. Amen? So Paul has this then to say to Titus in just these few verses, and I'm only taking half of even what they've done as this half, uh, this chapter, I'm just taking half of it. He says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. What we should do is close there and pray. Lord, help me to be subject. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. Oh my word, we're going to need to pray a lot, eh? To be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. To slander no one. To be peaceable and considerate and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time, he says, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning as we look into your word, be it briefly, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, Father, you'd open up our minds, that we'd hear what you've got to say to us. But Father, not only that we would hear it, but Lord, we would be doers of the word, as Peter calls us to do. That Father, we would hear it, 
We would dissect it. We would live it. We would do it on a daily basis. Father, we pray that you would help us to live how you've called us to live. That, Father, we would look to you. We would remember who we are because of what you have done. Bless us now, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. To know, I think, how to live for God and show then his love and his grace and his mercy in our lives on a daily basis, we have to remind ourselves, we have to remember, firstly, what we've been saved from. I was a sinner on my way to, quite happily, a Christless eternity. I was dead set on it. And you were exactly the same. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we are all going, we were going on that big wide path that leads to death and destruction. We've been saved then from that. We've been saved from our sin. We've been saved from our old self because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. I asked the, the same question to myself. I want to do what the word tells me to do. So how do I go about that? How do I step into living what the word calls me to do? What God has called me to do? And the first call always seems to be, Matthew, remind yourself who you were before Christ set you free. Remind yourself who you were before God said, Matt, I've got a different route for you. I have sent my very best in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has given his life in your place. And I have to start there because that enables me to see that I am no better than anybody else. I was in that all. I have sinned and I was on my way to a Christless eternity. But the way that we can read this, as we'll see again this morning, is the book God. But by the grace of God, but God stepped into my life. I was going this way, but God set me through. I was going this way, but God set me on a new path. And he said, Matt, that's not the route you're going. You're going this way. And by his grace, by his goodness, by his love, and by all of the work of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done on the cross, we have an opportunity, church, to stand out to shine like stars in the universe. I'm sure you've all seen those beautiful images as this new James, whatever it is, uh, I can't recall it to mind, the new telescope that's gone up that's like a hundred times more powerful than the previous one that we had. And now they're seeing things that we've never seen before, further than we've ever seen before. And when we look, we see stars that shine. And this is our challenge, that we, we stand out in the darkness that we can be light, amen? And that is what God has called us to be. We want to do as the word says. And sometimes we can find ourselves doing the opposite. But I want us this morning, as the word draws us to what God wants us to do, to be ready for sometimes in circumstances for change to happen. Everything changes, but God. Amen? You see, we're called to make sure that we do indeed become more Christ-like. And that means less of me, means less of you, and more of him. And remember the analogy of the glass overflowing. That's what we want to happen. 
And sometimes I lose sight. Sometimes I forget. In the heat of a moment, the discussions as it's happening, people are saying all sorts of things and I want my 10 penneth worth. Anybody else? Give me a soapbox because I've got a few things to say. But actually God's saying to us that there is a, a better way. There is a, a better approach. There is an approach that shows people love and grace and kindness. You remember the woman who was brought to the Lord who was caught in adultery. And he said, well, let him without sin cast the first stone. You see, there's a better way. Look at what she's done. She's terrible. Oh, I agree. Awful. Where's the bloke? They just brought the woman, first of all. And Jesus went right to the heart of the problem. And he said, well, you without sin cast the first stone. And the word says that the older ones left first. Maybe they'd sinned more. Maybe they got more wisdom. Either way. And for us then as the church, we can think, well, do I need to wade into this conversation and give my opinion or my thoughts on the matter? Or do I need to approach it in a different way that will actually bring glory to God? And I'm careful to say that they're two different things. But if you, if you have moments like I do, I can share all sorts. And then think, I don't know whether that was edifying. I don't know whether the Lord would have been happy with what I just said. Or whether that was just what Matt thought. And he's not really the best at having the greatest opinions at times. Now listen, as we go through the word then, let's just try and, instead of taking the first piece, let's go to the second half. So that it allows us to just try and unravel who we are. So verse 4 through 7, let me just read it again to you. But, it says, and if you're a highlighter or an underliner, give that one a, a highlighter or an underline. But when the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Not because of anything that we could possibly have done but because of what God has done, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. We catch a glimpse then of our starting point, the but God moment. But God, because of his kindness, his love, his mercy, his generosity and grace. Because of what God has done, that God stepped into our lives as we've then accepted Christ as our saviour, the Holy Spirit has drawn us to the truth and we've been given life through Christ and the work of the cross, amen? His sacrifice has brought us life. I was lost, but God. I lived according to the world and its ways, but God. I was dead in my sin. And the Bible's really clear, and I've shared it before. The Greek is nekros, fully dead, completely and utterly. And I've asked the question before, what can a dead man do about his position before a holy God? Nothing. He's dead. But God. But God. Romans 5 and verse 8 says to us, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
While you and I were enemies of the cross, Christ died for us. So now then, knowing who I was, an enemy of God's, somebody who was on his way to a Christless eternity, one who pursued the death and destruction, one who lived for my own self, my own pleasures, my own desires, doing what I want, when I want, when I feel like it. That's who I was outside of Christ. But God has stepped in. And you say, well, because of the righteous things you were doing. No, remember, I was doing everything I wanted to do, going in the opposite direction. There was nothing that made me think, oh, following God might be a good idea. Nothing. But God stepped in. And because of what Christ has then done, because I've accepted him as my Lord and Saviour, I'm now in a position, not because of any righteousness of my own, but because of what he has done. I'm in a position where I'm saved, and I say it often, redeemed, and I'm set free. That's who we are as children of God. And note the latter part. As we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am a child of God. I am an heir to the promise. Amen? That one day I will see my Saviour face to face. That one day this world is dropping to pieces. But one day I will be in glory. The bit that makes me, me, will be in glory with my Saviour forever. Now that is a joy that this world does not have on offer. That is a joy beyond anything that this world can give. Now, we know what we've been saved to. We know what we've been saved from. We know that it was no result of our own work, but everything that Christ has done for us. Now we go back to verse 1. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards one another. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Paul says to Titus, keep on reminding them that the word remind that we get in our English there at the very beginning of, of uh, chapter 3 it is present tense in the Greek it's go on reminded remind them keep doing what you do keep letting them know make sure they keep reminding themselves you keep reminding them keep telling them they need to wake up every morning and tell themselves I've been saved from this this is what God has done for me, and this is now who I am in him. Because if we don't do that, then Monday morning comes along, and we just do and say as we please. We live how we want to live, and then we get to the evening, you know, when your head touches the pillow, and you think, oh, I better, I better pray. And God's like, well, where have you been all day? Well, it was hot. <laughs> and the reality is, we can step into a place where we never wanted to be. So Paul says to Titus, keep on reminding them to live as the world, uh, the word has called us to live, subject to rulers and authorities. And I caveat that, subject to rulers and authorities, while ever it does not contradict the word of God, while ever it stays on course with what the word says, then we stick to it. We have to put our faith in the fact that God is in control. Even of all the nonsense, 
God is not out of control. Even with all the hurt and the pain that's going on, God is not out of control. But you remember, the world has turned its back on God. And we are called to stand out as children of light, as children of the promise, stars in the universe, to be bright, to shine for God and say, look, the world is heading on the destructive path that it's chosen. But I want to show you somebody who loves you. And that is God, the creator of heaven and earth. He made this perfect for us and we chose the opposite direction. But he sent his saviour so that you might step from death to life. And he's given us then a promise that we will see our safety face to face if we put our faith and our trust in him. Church, we want to be obedient. We want to, we want to do what's good, not to slander anyone, to value others, to be peaceable and considerate and gentle. These are all things that are, are, are detailed in verse one through three. And church opinion is right. And the problem with opinion is it's yours. And it doesn't actually fix anything. It just creates divide. Slander, as we've seen. We only had to watch just 15 minutes of TV the other night with five people. All vying for the top spot. Doesn't take long, does it? Before things start to implode on themselves. Slander is prevalent. So we as the church, as Christians, as believers, that we are God's workmanship, we're created in Christ Jesus. We need to remember to show God when we speak, when we share, when we get involved in discussions, that it's not my opinion, but actually this is what God says about all that's going on. This is about how God has called us to live. And prayerfully then, his love and his grace and his mercy, as we tap into what God has called us to do, that that will play out in our lives. Lord, help me to remember what you've done for me. Help me to remember what you've saved me from, what you've saved me to. Lord, help me, help us to live how you've called us to live. Because of who he is, because of what he's done, we're able if we tap into it, to live as he's called us to live. And my prayer this morning is that we would continue, church, in our prayers for the world, for our nation, because the reality is that the world needs a saviour. It needed a saviour all those years ago, and it will continue for as long as the Lord tarries, that it will need a saviour. And we have the good news. And sometimes by the way that we live, we show people light in darkness. We want to be part of God's message of salvation and of love and of freedom. Amen? We'll pray and then we'll worship together and we'll have a nice cool drink. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for your word today father we just ask that it would settle on our hearts that father we would hear what you've had to say to us through your word that our hearts and our minds have been receptive and we ask lord god that you would help us to be doers of the word that we would step into all that you've called us to be that father we would shine like stars father we would be bright for you in the darkest places of this world that we would shine bright for you help us father remind us constantly who we are because of what you've done for us and Father, who we are 
because of that wondrous grace and mercy that you showed to us through your Son, the Lord Jesus. Continue to strengthen us, uphold us, and bless us as your church, we pray in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.